If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Explore Africa, midday Central Africa time. The show will take a holistic view of travel on the African continent as well as the Indian Ocean Islands. There will be travel updates, a look at business destinations, interviews and competitions. Cultural travel, a new and growing market, will be covered in depth from Cape to Cairo. David will also be advising on unique destinations that will allow listeners the opportunity to discover hidden gems on our continent. The South African Institute of Professional Accountants, making meaningful contributions to the accountancy profession and your career. I'm Dumisa Papo, a specialist headhunter in the accounting sector. I'm responsible for sourcing and placing competent accounting professionals. CIPA's qualification complies with International Education Standards 1 to 7. CIPA candidates are highly marketable and the Professional Accountant SA designation is often requested. Professional Accountant SA, the accounting designation of choice. Tune in to Africa Business Radio on www.africabusinessradio.com Find us on Facebook, Africa Business Radio, and on Twitter, Africa Biz Radio, towards a profitable Africa. And a very good morning to you. My name is David Batsoffin and this is Explore Africa. Uh, for those who are tuning in this morning for the first time, let me give you all the social media contact details. Twitter at Africa Biz Radio or at David Batsoffin. Facebook is Africa Business Radio. Uh, the hashtag is Explore Africa. And email if you'd like to email us, info at africabusinessradio.com. And uh, I'm with you for the next hour and a half. Well, not alone because I I have a guest, but I'll introduce you to her a little bit later. Um, but for the moment, I thought I'd, I want to just discuss some things with you. Uh, and maybe you'd like to, to get involved. As I say, you can tweet us. You can go to our Facebook page and like us there. The United Nations designated last year, that's 2017, as the International Year of Sustainable Tourism for Development. And I wonder if that actually worked or not, and how that has been brought over into 2018. Now, I know that uh, my guest is online and she can see me. So maybe, Monique, if you want to just sort of make some notes as I chat and we can, we can talk about this technology for Internet radio is fascinating. It's a first for me, um, I have to say. And it's, it's exciting and terrifying at the same time because um, I'm using you as, an, as the audience this morning and you're having tea and not focused on me. So I'm wondering about the rest of the audience. 
<laughs> anyway, so the outlook, uh, the travel sector in 2017 was very robust. And um, they're saying that 1.2 billion people live in Africa. 41% of those are urban. Um, but do all of them travel? So I, th- I think... Um, and if so, where do they go? Now, just before we came on air, my producer, Soji, gave me some really interesting information, which I thought I would share with you guys. Um, so it's, let me just pull it up. This is the beauty of technology. Uh, they were saying here the biggest pain points for African travelers. 27% said the check-in process takes too long. I agree with that. Twenty-two percent said the check-in process is confusing for passengers. I don't know. I think sometimes twenty-two percent is confusing for the for the people on the other side of the desk. They have no idea what they're doing. Twenty-one percent take it says it takes too long to be to proceed through the airport. Oh, come people, you can mall walk while you're there. And twenty percent says say that there is not enough entertainment on board the plane. What do you want? Singing and Dancing Penguins. No, they're movies. They're do- Listen, some of the movies, I have to admit, and some of the equipment on some of the flights, um, you can't hear or see anything. But that's what laptop, Soji's laughing in the background. That's what iPads are for. You download everything to your iPad. And most of the places now you can charge your iPad while you're flying. Um, and, and there you go. They're also saying what's preventing African citizens from traveling more. They say uh, they find the traveling experience is stressful. They say there's a difficulty of booking. Flight routes are too complicated. I don't know about that. Most flight routes go South Africa, Dubai. And then from there you can go wherever you like or Doha or Abu Dhabi. Um, lack of routes. It's too expensive. The one that I hate is the difficulty in getting visas. Why are visas so expensive? And why, it's Africa, people, why do we need visas for, to go to visit our neighbors? Um, they don't feel safe, and they have no desire to travel. Which, <laughs> that to me just, well, if you have no desire, why are you even in this particular um, survey? Uh, what prevents them? Well, we've... we've um, from traveling, we've gone too expensive, too difficult. And then they say travel remains inaccessible for the majority of South, of Africans. Only 23% of Africans have traveled by air in the past two years. And the majority of those, in fact, are from Nigeria. 35% are from Nigeria, while only 13% are from South Africa. Um, the one thing, the, the one stat that interested me, um, they asked why people I'm just trying to find it as we go along. Uh, have I gone past it? Why they should use their national carrier over a foreign carrier. And interestingly enough, second in Kenya, um, third in Kenya, they said pride in my country, which was rather interesting. Whereas in South Africa, they just said cheaper prices, greater comfort on board, latest technology, and the one that I laughed out loud at, superior customer service. If they're talking about our national carrier, I don't think so. (laughs) I really don't. Um, Nigeria, they look at uh, greater comfort on board, latest technology, products on services that are targeted 
uh, more towards the individ- individuality and superior customer service. Um, they're also saying that some travelers will spend on air extras. Now, I did mention last week, and we will get them in to the studio at some particular point, um, Fly Air are now taking credit cards on board uh, when you buy snacky things and stuff like that. And I see that there's, I, I should imagine that that will get one step further. Maybe you will have pay per view on the plane so that you can download Netflix or something like that while you're in flight. But all that is in, I suppose, the not too distant future. So where are African travelers going to? Um, and we'll find out about that from my guest in just a little while. I see that they want to, they're trying to privatize Air Botswana again. It didn't work the last time. Why should it work this time? Um, it's a, it's up for privatization again. They tried last year, didn't work. 17 companies were shortlisted and two cons, there were two, uh, as a preferred biz, uh, bidder. And then one of those pulled out, which doesn't really help um, you if you're struggling. Uh, so maybe, maybe not. It would be nice to have competition on that on that route, because at the moment, if a memory serves, there are two airlines that fly in that general direction, and which makes air travel, if you're going to Botswana, almost prohibitively expensive. You can almost fly to London cheaper. And I know if you're going in the opposite direction and you want to fly Johannesburg to Uppington, it costs you almost 7,000 rand to fly to Uppington. You can fly to London for that. You can't You can't eat in London. You just have to turn around and come home. But you can eat in Uppington. But it's I, I just don't understand. Well, I do understand because it's it's logistics. It's it's supply and demand. And if you're the only airline flying to a destination, specifically the smaller destinations, well, then you've got the the route locked down and you can almost do whatever you want. I do notice, and I made mention of this last week, that certain airlines have been fined for um, for overpricing on certain routes. And let's see what happens of on that one. I see they're also looking um, at doing auto, automatic passport readers. Now, for those people who have um, flown into places like Rwanda, for instance, they've got automatic passport scans there for for, Rwand, for Rwandans, for Rwandese, Rwandese citizens. So all you do is you walk past, swipe your passport and walk through. Here in South Africa, we have to stand in a queue. And it's like the supermarkets at month end. 16 tills, two people. Doesn't work. It really, sometimes it's more stressful getting off the plane than it is getting on. You just want to stay until everybody is gone and you can just sit quietly in a corner, but it doesn't work. So, work. so maybe that's something um, that could be could be looked into. And again, I know that there is border security to, to take care of. We've all watched those television programs. Um, I know that there was a, an event at OR Tambo International Airport here in Johannesburg yesterday. They had a security drill and it turned up a suitcase that didn't belong to the security drill. So they, so they took it outside and they blew it up. Um, what was in the suitcase Nobody's saying just yet. I hope it just wasn't somebody's dirty laundry from a from a trip that they forgot about, you know. Um, so, so there's there's all of those sort of things that that we need to to look at and and look into. 
Um, Tanzania, I see the World Bank project is a big boost for tourism there. $150 million um, is going into a, a program there. So, hey, good for them. I see Tanzania's tourism has flourished um, over the past years. And I think a lot of that is because of Kilimanjaro. They're making an, a lot of money out of tourists coming to, to climb the mountain as well as uh, Mount Meru now, which is also on, on that particular list. So Monique Swart, who is the founder of um, Africa Business Travel Association, will be joining us in a few minutes. And we'll be talking about those and other issues that she's found, because do business people travel as much? And also, do business people now, are they traveling economy? Are they still traveling business class? Are they, do they want to tra- travel first class? And I suppose it depends on where they're going and how quickly after they land they have to attend whatever meeting they attend because at the end of the day, if you're doing a 12-hour flight in, in cattle class and you're sitting right at the back and can't sleep and you end up in Davos, you want to be ready to tackle people who say your rand is rubbish um, immediately. You don't, you don't want to have to think about it. On that note, so do you know that, that they've banned Monopoly in Southern Africa? The gay, the board game Monopoly. Why not? Because the Monopoly money is m- worth more than our rand currently. But we'll see what happens after our new president has, has made some changes, hopefully, to cabinet uh, this week. Uh, on that note, firstly, I have to congratulate Cyril Ramaphosa on taking over as the new president here in South Africa. And more importantly, and, and I'm going to ask this of Monique as well, He's, he seems to have taken, I was going to say the bull by the horns, but in his case, that's true because he's a cattle farmer. Um, he likes exercise and he, he's going to be walking every, he's going to be walking every morning. If you look out for him on the Seapoint beach, on the Seapoint pavilion, he's been there for the last couple of days. Not, no visible bodyguards. He's walking like uh, Madiba used to. Just casually stopping to chat to the people, walking with people, having selfies taken. The 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 man knows knows what to do, and and he's an orator with it. And I do believe that healthy mind, healthy body, healthy spirit, healthy country, um, maybe even at the end of the day. So all something to look. If you're going down to Cape, and that may be a a whole new Cape Town tourism thing. Come to Cape Town. There's no water, but we have Cyril Ramaphosa. President Cyril is here. I, I have to share one story with you. Um, a friend of mine was at Sonar this past week, and he was walking towards the parliamentary buildings. And while he was walking, a, a guy joined him. And if you know the area around uh, Parliament, there are lots of squirrels there. So a squirrel shot past the, him and ran down the walkway. And the guy just turned and looked at my buddy and went, hey. Squirrel Ramaphosa. You can't. Guys are quick down in the Cape. They really are. They can't bath. They've got no water. They smell, but they've got great gags. I think um, it's time to go to an ad break. And when we come back, finally, I've been watching you for the last 15 minutes on, on the laptop. I get to chat to Monique Swart, who's the founder of Africa Business Travel Association. Don't go away. 
brand new travel show, Explore Africa, midday Central Africa time. The show will take a holistic view of travel on the African continent as well as the Indian Ocean Islands. There will be travel updates, a look at business destinations, interviews and competitions. Cultural travel, a new and growing market, will be covered in depth from Cape to Cairo. David will also be advising on unique destinations that will allow listeners the opportunity to discover hidden gems on our continent. Business news, business resources, economic analysis, market analysis from expert and industry leaders in African enterprise. Get more for a profitable African venture. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. The South African Institute of Professional Accountants, making meaningful contributions to the accountancy profession and your career. My name is Charles Mocker and I'm the CEO of CMV Accountants. Our firm has 45 employees, of which the majority are SIPA members. We believe SIPA is the leading professional body that can advance your career in accountancy. Holding the professional accountant SA designation gives me the credibility and confidence I need in servicing outlines. SIPA, your trusted business advisor. Tune in to Africa Business Radio www.africabusinessradio.com Find us on Facebook Africa Business Radio and on Twitter at Africa Beast Radio Towards a profitable Africa Africa Business Radio towards a profitable Africa. Yes, indeed. This is um, Explore Africa. I'm David Batsoff, and welcome to the show if you've just joined us. Our Twitter handle is at um, Africa Biz Radio. Uh, Facebook is Africa Business Radio. And the email info at africabusinessradio.com. And also, don't forget Nomad Africa Magazine. Um, and you can find them online as well. I'm joined now by Monique Swat, who's the founder of Africa Business Travel Association. Monique, good morning. Welcome to you. Good morning. How's it going, guys? All right, thanks. It's it's so good now that I can actually hear you. I've been watching yes. watching you watching me for like the last That's seventeen minutes. Me, I know. For, I mean I, I could read the blurb about your organization, but why should I when I've got you as the founder on on air? You tell us about it. Sure. So ABTA, uh, the African Business Travel Association, it was founded by myself um, in 2010. So we're going on eight years old now. Um, And my history before that was that I ran the Middle East and Africa division of a global business travel association called ACT. Um, And uh, yeah, just basically wanted to break away from them and focus less on on the Middle East element of what my job was previously and focus on Africa. Great stuff. And are you finding that there is more African travel now? I mean, you know, we, we, we are based, uh, you and I are based here in South Africa, but there, there's um, Zim, Lesotho, Mozambique, Swaziland, Botswana, just around us. Are, are people yeah. from those country, countries traveling? You know, as you quite correctly uh, referred to earlier, the stats are, are quite sad in places. Only 23% of Africans that are actually traveling. Mm. Um, and I think definitely travel is increasing. And we see from a global economic perspective, uh, travel just seems to increase and increase and increase, sometimes slowly and steadily, um, other times in fits and spurts. 
things like terrorism attacks and those kinds of things obviously don't help. Um, but generally, overall, it's a growing industry, and I think that we're going to see the same equating into the African market as well. Now, is this business travel? Is it leisure travel? Is it a mixture of both? Because often business people are able to spend maybe one day before or one day afterwards um, yes. in leisure rather than the whole thing being business. Yes, the blasted pleasure word. <laughs> I think it's just the worst word ever invented. If this is, if this uh, is think- tw- Tuesday, it must be Belgium. Oh, no. Um, I think it is definitely a mixture of both. Um, But a lot of the stats that we were kind of reading off about the different challenges that travelers experience, I think, are definitely relevant to both. But for me and for ABTA and for one of my kind of visions is to make it very clear that there is a difference between business travel and leisure travel. And we still often find, you know, tourism travel and tourism stats and figures kind of clumped into one. Um, and, you know, you'll find travel agents or suppliers saying, oh, you know, they focus on all kind of travel without, you know, thinking about the differences and the different requirements from a corporate travel p- traveler perspective right. to a leisure traveler perspective. Now, they're saying that the, the countries, the top 10 leading countries in terms of numbers of tourists, tourists um, coming into us, I'm not so sure about us going to them, Nigeria, Kenya, Ghana, Gabon, Uganda, Ethiopia, Egypt, Congo, Cameroon, and Cote d'Ivoire. Um, wh- what is the mix like going from Southern Africa north, east, and west? Yeah. I think some of the key focus markets haven't changed that much in the last five years or so. Nigeria certainly is still a very, very big region for a lot of um, corporates that have got branches there and expats living there, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Kenya always is quite a key focus, and we see more and more focus on Rwanda and Ethiopia lately. Okay. Uh, which is interesting for me. It's something that we are looking at as an association to start building chapters in those countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Angola, sadly, used to be kind of high up on the list, but they've just really, you know, travel into Angola is so difficult at the moment with forex issues and things like that. That sadly, I think they're kind of on hold in a lot of people's minds at the moment. I, I believe that there is an Angolan airline that you can fly to Europe on? Absolutely. There is. Um, They're one of our greatest supporters in the region, in Angola, um, and they do a lot of travel into Europe, Portugal specifically. Um, But yeah, it's obviously a very Portuguese country, so a a big connection between Angola and the European continent. What about places like Benin, Togo, do people, Um, Burkina Faso, do people ever go there? Yeah, listen, people go Everywhere. Um, <laughs> Only 23% of them, though. Only 23% of them. Um, it's looking at why, and sometimes a lot of those markets will be quite specific as to what their industries um, require and the kinds of people that they attract. Mm-hmm. But as I say, I still think those kind of leading players are Nigeria, Kenya, uh, Rwanda, Ethiopia, Botswana has been getting quite a lot of interest lately. Um, but from a corporate travel perspective, I'd say those are the key ones. And then a lot of travel stats that we're looking at nowadays as well. I think what we should appreciate about ourselves as Africans and, and love about ourselves and our neighbors is that a big chunk of these stats are intra-Africa travel. Okay. So even in regions where they might not be attracting massive amounts of tourists and, and you know external investments, et cetera, et cetera, as a continent, we're pretty good at supporting each other um, from a travel perspective. It's difficult to get anywhere, as you were referring to earlier, um, with airline routes just so limited, but there's a lot of intra-Africa travel. And I just wish they'd get, a, get rid of visas. 
And why does it take so long to process process them? You know, Listen, I think it's a whole, you know, income stream for government. <laughs> um, and obviously there are concerns, but, you know, it's as with everything else. You think, you know, you know, what's the price to pay for a possible, you know, situation with regards to, you know, all these different mm. crimes and trafficking and things they're worrying about versus what it's costing the economy when people just can't travel somewhere. Yeah. You know? If I've got a meeting set up in Nigeria um, and it's going to mean millions for my company and at the last minute I don't get my, my, my visa, well, you know, what does that do? This is the thing. Or if you, like me, a travel journalist and you have to go to two destinations within sort of days of each other and then the one destination needs your passport to get to get a visa and the other, traveling with us. the other one doesn't need a visa but you need your passport to go to where you're going. It tends you sort of live on the edge, and the problem yeah. is you can't have two passports because the moment you apply for a new one, they cancel the old one. Yeah. Um, the World Bank has said that tra- travel and tourism is an untapped opportunity. Is it? And if so, how big for the African continent? I don't know that it's untapped. I think that South Africa and South African tourism is doing a really good job marketing and pushing our country for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. You know, there's pockets of tourism in other countries. If you think of Kenya, you think of elephants and, and safaris, et cetera, et cetera. Um, again, we're getting off the corporate travel topic. But I think there's definite pockets of tourism interest in different African countries. But I still think there's really poor misconceptions sometimes when it comes to some countries. Nigeria, for example, even from a corporate travel perspective – one of the biggest challenges people have is fear. Mm. You know, they've heard so many horror stories about how you get kidnapped the minute you step off the plane, which is completely and utterly rubbish. Um, and they're just too scared to go. And I'm going to be coming up for my 19th trip on the 20th of March um, into Lagos and absolutely love it. You know, it started off a few years ago with all sorts of escorts and blue light guys, you know, <laughs> looking after me because I thought it was needed. And it isn't. You know, we have a normal hotel transfer that fetches us, drops us off at the hotel, right. and we're all good to go. And I think people just, there's a, a general fear about Africa, crime, disease, Ebola virus didn't help, um, those kinds of things. You, yeah. you say that people fly all over in Africa. Is Timbuktu a business destination? I'm not sure that it is. <laughs> I, I think it might be, you know, Wakanda might be up there as a business destination soon. Now, what is that? Wakanda? Yes. Black Panther. We must get you off to Black Panther. Wakanda is... No, you see, I thought... I, I thought that's what it... I thought that's what you were alluding to. But I did... But it's... It's a, it's not a real country. It's not. It's not. I think it's a mixture of a lot of countries. Although I believe that the female tribe that is in Black Panther is based on a real African female group of warriors. Yes. They, they are... Very, very cool. Um, but, yeah, very empowering movie for Africa as a whole, I think. And okay. you know, maybe it will help towards some, some good visitor it's, numbers. And it's got, it's got uh, John Carney, Dr. John Carney, and Atandwa, his son, uh, mm-hmm. playing roles in reverse. I think Atandwa plays the king in the younger version, and then his well, dad takes back, over yeah. as, as the older one. <laughs> very, very cool. Uh, good for them in their Eastern Cape roots. That's what I say. So what is the big vision for for business travel in Africa, Monique? I think for me, from an ABTA perspective, is just increasing numbers and just, um, you know, helping people get over, um, you know, preconceived ideas about certain places mm-hmm. um, and getting new visitors into different intra-African countries and then also making travel 
for guys that travel regularly, a lot easier, um, a lot less expensive and just yeah, easier to do. You know, a lot of airlines, you literally have to fly three or four days to get to a specific <laughs> yeah. country. You have to go um, east to go west sometimes. Yeah, it's insane, you know, and I, I think for years and years, I think almost 15 years now, there's been this whole concept of potential open skies for mm. Africa. Um, we still haven't seen it. Every year we hear that it's closer and closer. But just, I think, making travel easier and, yeah. and for our government leaders to realize that the easier the travel is, the, the you know, the more our continent is going to prosper. And I was going to say, it, everybody benefits. That Open Skies exactly. thing, I believe 23 countries have signed up to it. Yes. Um, so, so it's one step closer this year. Whether or not it will be yeah. implemented is, is a, um, a different story. Indeed. From from a business perspective, what do you know? I read stats about people wanting more um, entertainment on the plane, that type of thing. What do your business clients ask you for? What is what is their number one need? Yeah, from a from a corporate travel perspective, I think less flight delays and quicker access to actually get on the plane. Because you must remember, corporate travelers for the most part they need to stay productive while they're traveling. Yeah. So they're on their laptops, they're doing whatever work they can. Maybe they watch a movie as they're falling asleep if it's a long wolf flight. Um, but for the most part, they want to be able to carry on working while they're traveling. Um, so just yeah, less delays, more sort of ease of access to, to different um, products and services. And also personalization is becoming a really big thing. So even though from a, from a corporate governance and a travel policy perspective, you want your travelers to do, uh, you know, choose a certain airline at a certain price, et cetera, et cetera. Travelers are more and more pushing to get personalization. They want the airline to recognize them, to know what seat they want to sit in, to know what the meal was that they chose last time. Um, and just kind of allow them to be as comfortable as they can with their own preferences while they're traveling. Monique, can I ask you to hold that thought? Uh, we're sure. going to an ad break and um, we're going to come back and chat some more if that's okay with you. Love it. Great stuff. At the moment, I'm talking to Monique Squat, who's the founder of Africa Business Travel um, Association. This is um, Explore Africa. I'm David Batsoff, and back after these. Seven continents, 195 countries, and 7 billion people all connected by technology. DigiBiz Africa is your link to technology news, trends, developments, and digital innovation. We expose you to game changers and disruptors. Where players and pioneers come together right here on Africa Business Radio every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central African time. We were once strangers, now neighbors. Once secluded, now included. Once divided, now enlightened. We are one, a connected world. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. travel show explore africa midday central africa time the show will take a holistic view of travel on the african continent as well as the indian ocean islands there will be travel updates a look at business destinations interviews and competitions cultural travel a new and growing market will be covered in depth from cape to cairo david will also be advising on unique destinations that will allow listeners the opportunity to discover hidden gems on our continent Business news, business resources, economic analysis, market analysis from experts and industry leaders in African enterprise. Get more for a profitable African venture. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. 
Africa Business Radio towards a more profitable Africa. Yes, indeed. Twitter at Africa Biz Radio, Facebook Africa Business Radio, or hopefully you tune to us via the internet where we're currently streaming live. Um, talking about streaming live, my guest is Monique Swart, who's not with me in studio. In fact, she's sitting currently not too far from where I live. We should have done this from my house and your house, and then we could have left Soji in the studio all by himself. No, we can't do that. Monique is the founder of Africa Business Travel Association, and we're chatting about business travel in and on the African continent. Just before we get into some stats, Monique, mm. do you include the Southern Indian Ocean Islands in in this? Um, and I'm talking specifically Zanzibar, Seychelles, Mauritius, um, Reunion, Maldives. Um, not at this point in time. Mauritius has also been something that's kind of been on our list to look at from a corporate travel perspective. We know from a tourism perspective, it's a massive market. Um, and corporate as well, it's, it's definitely a growing market. So maybe at some point, maybe same time next year, if you ask me that, I could say yes. Okay, so Soji, please put it down in our diary. We get Monique in the same time next year. We're going to ask her the same question and <laughs> see, see if anything has changed. Talking about personalization. Hmm. Do do people do you remember long ago there used to be a TV series called Cheers and there was mm-hmm. a character called Norm and every mm-hmm. time he walked into the bar everybody went Norm and then he felt very special is this what business travelers want when they step on the plane they people want the the staff to go ah Mr Jones you're back your scotch is waiting for you at seat 16C Listen I think you know, to a certain respect, that's what we all want. You know, we kind of all feel like service is not quite as personal as it used to be. People are kind of just sometimes ticking boxes when mm-hmm. it comes to dealing with their clients. Um, and I'd say absolutely, travelers would love that. But I think even, you know, some more of the basics as to, you know, what newspaper would I like to find on my bed when I check into the hotel? And, you know, things that just kind of little touches Okay. Um, that make the trip a little bit more pleasant. Yeah, you don't want the you, the same. I also, because I don't do chocolate, and the amount of times that I've been asked on those dietary requirement things, and they take no notice of it. Comes no. a meal, and there's chocolate. You know, yeah. what's dessert? Ice cream and chocolate sauce. I don't do chocolate. Did you not read what I wrote? Yeah. So it can yeah. be a bit annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, as you say, we take it beyond the airlines. The hotels should have all this as a database. There's there's no reason for them not to. That's that's yeah, the it's thing. Called, it's called traveler profiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that we're focusing on more and more as an industry is for companies to have traveler profiles and to try and keep those updated whenever they can um, and to use them and refer to them and, and you know, as much as possible, see what's on there and try and where you can comply with it. Obviously, mm. the travel is a bit weird and asking for strange things that we can't give in, then so be it. Um, but well, yeah, just trying to keep those profiles updated and used. Also, names of spouses in case they arrive with different people, so they need to go. Oops, that doesn't quite look wife or husband. Yes, so let's let's not let's not make any comment that. about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you've heard you've had people come back or you've been in the industry so long you've had stories like that from hotels going why didn't you warn us hotels have got the most entertaining uh jobs when it comes to things like that yeah it's nice to see you back mr smith what do you mean back says his wife you told me you haven't been here before before. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you're not mrs smith either oh okay (laughs) And then you want to be a fly on the wall in their room that evening. Please explain. Can you get me a taxi back to the airport, please? Um, Talking about taxis, stats. 
Um, mm. What sort of statistics? Hmm. It's one like of those it. words. Statistics. Yes. Um, do you have when it comes comes to sort of business versus tourism travel? Yeah. I think statistics as a whole on our continent is sorely lacking, and I'm just going to throw that in while while I've got the chance to do so. Right. You know, we often get asked um, to be part of these global, you know, association or global travel surveys, yada yada yada, and you see Africa's sort of hidden in there in that three percent of other, you know, <laughs> um, and it's really difficult to sometimes find decent stats. But I I use the World Travel and Tourism Council quite regularly. You referred to them earlier as well. Um, and at 2017, 128 billion rand, South African rand, which is about 3% of total GBT, um, was what was accounted for as far as what travel and tourism wow. uh, contributes to, to South Africa, talking about South Africa specifically. Mm -hmm. This is expected to go up to 204 billion by 2027. And business travel accounts for just over 30% of that. Wow, that, so, that is very impressive. It's a number yeah, that I did not expect to hear. It's a big industry, and I think, you know, from my side, I would, again, like to see companies and tourism bodies and travel agents and all sorts of people really understanding that corporate travel and leisure travel are different and how to attract and service those two different demographics better than they currently are. You know, if, if I'm a corporate from an oil and gas company and I'm looking to, to branch into South Africa or Nigeria or Ghana, and I go onto a travel agent's website and I see hot air balloons and elephants. I shut it down. I don't even bother going back. <laughs> They're looking for corporate travel management companies that can service Okay. Hey, but listen, sometimes you need to go out. You need to have a break from whatever you're doing. <laughs> so elephants and hot air balloons. That being said, though, do you include um, corporate private planes into these statistics? Because a lot of co companies have their own private jets. Yeah, it's not. Um, it, it still seems to be really expensive. Uh, a lot of charter companies we've dealt with sort of slowly but surely over the years. But I think if we look at the majority, the vast majority of travel, I would say it's still on commercial airlines. Really? Yeah. And I'm going to put you on the spot now. Sure. Yeah, I'll why just, not? I'll just pretend I can't hear you, Dave. Sorry, we seem to have lost the connection. We've, we've lost the connection. I'm sorry, what? what? Have, have you had clients, and you don't have to name names and you don't have to name companies, but that have you, – you, the airline has come back and said, Monique, did you really have to send Bob Smith to us because you have no idea what he did to us on the flight. He asked for this, that, or the hotel comes back to you and says, never again. We've put him on a blacklist or her on a blacklist. We don't want them back ever again. Listen, no, I haven't because ABTA isn't a, a travel agent, so we don't book flights for anyone. But okay. I must tell you that from where I sit kind of looking, not looking down, that sounds terrible, over, overlooking the industry from above, mm. Um, the amount of good things that happen on a regular basis from people helping each other out um, and jumping in where they need to, if, you know, someone's got a sick parent and they need to get to London or, you know, the amount of things within the travel industry. And I think often it's seen as quite an insular industry. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone knows everybody, but it's a really good industry from that perspective to be involved in. Um, lots of just good things going on, people supporting each other where they can. Oh, well, that's good to know. Now, also, I have to give a, a big up to Home Affairs. Uh, my wife and I live in the country uh, on holiday. We're coming back. Um, mm -hmm. But we've, we've both had to apply for new passports. And we mm -hmm. were told 10 to 15 working days. My wife went two days ago. She's just sent me a message. Her passport's ready. 
Wow. And I'm hoping that the same happens with mine because I, w- I was meant to be there yesterday, tomorrow. Uh, I went in yesterday to ask for something and they said, oh, you're here. Just sit down and we'll, we'll chat to you while you're here. Yes. But this wasn't home affairs, home affairs. This was at one of the banks. Okay. And it was a whole different experience and really, yeah. really nice. And if Home yeah. Affairs could jack themselves to that particular point. Absolutely. Um, it, I think it, the whole concept of uh, under, under promise and over deliver. Well, this is uh, it. Something we would like to see a lot more. Of, you know, yeah. rather set our expectations low and surprise us. <laughs> tell us tomorrow, 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 and it just never happens. Well, now that you say that, what are your, recommend- what are your recommendations for approaching challenges like this? Um, you know, I think hopefully a lot will change for the better with um, Squirrel coming into power, um, our new president. So we'll we'll see what that does to our different government departments that are involved in travel and, and you know, just relations between different countries and visa requirements and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, from my perspective, I would really like to see more South Africans traveling into Africa. Um, there's a lot of intra-Africa travel with, with people coming down towards right. the continent um, and just on a more of a corporate travel basis you know you have travel managers within big corporates that send travelers all over Africa all over the world um, and travel consultants sitting within travel agents that are advising people on where they must travel but they've never even been on an airplane you see I don't understand so I this I find that frightening and I really would like that to change you know I, I made mention of this on I think it was the first show that I did here about a particular newspaper who the editor of the travel section uh, did a piece about herself basically going, my favorite city in the entire world is New York. She followed it up with, but I've never been there. So how, firstly, are you editing a travel section? And secondly, how can you say that a city that you've never visited is your favorite city? But that brings me back, Monique, to exactly what what you've said. People pay an inordinate amount of money. R- London, Paris, Rome. We know that sort of trilogy. But what is wrong with with coming, staying on our continent? There is so much to see and do. So much. Uh, north, south, east, and west of of yeah. where we find ourselves. Yeah, I think from a corporate travel perspective, one of the challenges we've had over the last five or six years it's just a general lack of investment mm. um so companies who would ordinarily be opening branches or you know sending people in to be making deals locally have not been doing so as much as you know yeah people start doing now so from a corporate perspective you know let's let's hope for more more visiting more travel more face-to-face meetings um, which technology is changing as we're sitting here right now, meeting, I was a, talking to each other, and yeah. we're not in the same room. I was about to ask you that exact question: yeah. is how involved has technology got when it when they say, "Oh, well, I'll fly you to Lagos," and they go, "No, we don't have to fly to Lagos. We've yeah. got it. We've got a link like you and I have. Um, yeah. There's Skype. We don't have to send you anywhere. You can sit in an office in Joburg. They can sit in an office in Lagos, and you can talk and do the deal without ever meeting each other. Yeah. I think it depends on the reason for travel, um, and corporates have tried to do everything in their power to reduce their travel spend in the last, pretty much since 2009, is right. the big cut. But if you are going in Lagos, or almost any African country where relationships are so important, um, if you were going into a country to strike a deal with a client, you would still travel. You would get on a plane yeah. and you would travel. 
Um, but if it was a, an internal management meeting or some sales training or, you know, internal things for the most part, um, you still find people will try and find ways around getting on a plane um, or sending one or two people to a conference as opposed to 10, you know, yeah. you want to reduce that amount of internal travel. But face-to-face is still really important when you're looking at clients and, and building relationships. Yeah, I, I think that is, and it's, it's the whole part of I see you yeah. rather than I don't trust what you're doing while while you're while we're chatting this technology. you I don't exactly. know. You, my left hand doesn't know what your right hand is doing. You exactly. can be doodling all sorts of rude things in exactly. front of me. Yeah, but from a different technology perspective, you're also just finding you know like online booking tools and travel apps on your mobile and so many tools available to people that makes travel so much easier for them to actually book. You know, getting to the airport and, and getting a, a WhatsApp to say, listen, the gate's changed. You know, your your gate was gate <laughs> yeah. 12B and now you're on 13A. Um, and just technology's really become a big enabler to make things a lot easier for people. I mean, I remember back, and it's not that far back, when you used to take your ticket, your paper ticket was the size of a small novel. Yeah. You know, you could read the thing in an, yeah. in a twelve hour flight from Joburg to London, um, and now I don't know when I've lost had a had a piece no. of paper because everything's on your on your mobile now. Yeah, that's it. Or you don't even need that; you just hand in your passport or hand in your your ID. Well, that's going to be the next thing is yeah. you're going to have all that, um, and they'll do retinal whatever, yeah. and you won't even need that piece of paper. Or they're going to microchip us at birth, and then we'll just scan our wrists. As yeah. we walk through, and all of that information will be there for the rest of our lives. Scary stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how much of my soul I want to sell in the name of convenience, to be honest. All right. I've got to go. Monique, can you stay with us for a little longer? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to an ad break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk um, about microchipping because a company in America has just done that with some of their stuff. But uh, more about that in a while. You're tuned to Explore Africa here on Africa Business Radio in conjunction with Nomad Africa magazine. I'm David Batsoff, and don't go away. Unique insight into doing business in Africa. Investment opportunity. Industry updates. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. travel show explore africa midday central africa time the show will take a holistic view of travel on the african continent as well as the indian ocean islands there will be travel updates a look at business destinations interviews and competitions cultural travel a new and growing market will be covered in depth from cape to cairo david will also be advising on unique destinations that will allow listeners the opportunity to discover hidden gems on our continent The South African Institute of Professional Accountants, making meaningful contributions to the accountancy profession and your career. Hi, I'm Bonzo Matigizela, a senior lecturer in accounting at the University of Johannesburg. Joining a professional body like SIPA suggests that one is conscious about who they are, their choice of working environment, and the experiences they want to have. I encourage my students to obtain the SIPA Professional Accountant SA designation. Professional Accountant SA. The accounting designation of choice. 
It is Breakfast Connect on Africa Business Radio. We we'll enjoy the next 90 minutes together right here on Africa Business Radio. Let's stay engaged with us, Africa Business Radio on Twitter, Africa Business Radio on Facebook, as well as uh, LinkedIn. Tune in to Africa Business Radio on www.africabusinessradio.com. Find us on Facebook, Africa Business Radio, and on Twitter, Africa Beast Radio, towards a profitable Africa. We're back. It's Africa Business Radio. It's the show is Explore Africa. I'm David Batsoff, and the show is brought to you by Africa Business Radio in conjunction with Nomad Africa Magazine. My guest, and she has been for what last 40 odd minutes is Monique Swat. She's the founder of Africa Business Travel Association. We've been traveling, traveling and chatting about a bit of this and a bit of that and corporate travel. And just before we went to the break, we were talking about microchipping. And I was saying to Monique during the break that there is a company in America that has um, incentivized their workforce to microchip themselves so that they don't have to clock in everything. They, they've got all the information um, in their wrist or wherever they put it. But my question is, if you leave the company, what happens to that microchip? Do they desensitize it or is it left there? Then the next company you go through can just reactivate it. Interesting. Well, they take it out with a steak knife. <laughs> yeah, like like all these alien movies where people are able to, to do stuff to themselves with a variety of different kitchen implements and, mm. and dig stuff out without any sort of ramifications long-term, yeah yeah long-term yeah. blood loss or something like that yeah. listen i think i mean this tracking thing is all very interesting microchipping and something that we've kind of seen evolving over the last um few years within corporate travel is the whole concept of duty of care so right. it's a company's duty to care for its travelers literally from when the guy leaves his house until he gets back into his house mm. and you know, where you put him up to stay, what class he flies in, whether he does or doesn't drive himself home after he's been stuck in cattle class for 16 hours. <laughs> um, all of those different kinds of things can impact your company. So if he has an accident because he is driving off mm. to not sleeping for 16 hours, it's your company's, you know, you can get sued as a company. You see, I never thought of that. We were leaving, <clears throat> where was it? Um, Istanbul. Mm. A couple of years ago, my wife and I, and we were chatting, as I do, to people in the queues. And I said to the woman, oh, why don't you have a couple of drinks sort of to help you sleep on the plane? And she said, I can't because when I get off at Heathrow, I'm driving back to wherever home is. And if they stop me, I'm going to be over the limit. So I can't even sleep. I can't even drink on the plane. And it was something that I'd never thought about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just that whole concept that, you know, not only do you need to make sure your travelers behave, you know. <laughs> yeah. are we, all re- we all remember certain South Africans who got handcuffed in planes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Um, and But beyond that, just keeping them safe and making decisions, making sure your your decisions to save money mm. are impacting on their well-being. So anyway, long story short, when we're talking about this, um, these microchips and whatnot, so we, we've done different surveys and had all sorts of different discussions over the years. And as much as travelers fear for their safety, so if a traveler is traveling to, you know, previously unsafe yeah. country, but now anywhere in the world is no longer safe. True that. Um, as much as they, they want to not be off the radar when, that, when something goes wrong and they want their company to take care of them, they also expect a certain level of privacy. 
Okay. And there's a lot of debate going on. You know, is it while you're traveling for company business, do you should you have privacy? Mm. You know, why can we not find out, you know, you didn't check in at your hotel, we worried about you and go and track you down. You yeah. shouldn't be somewhere where you shouldn't be. Yeah, you, you were know? meant to go A to B, not A to, exactly. to C and then back you to know? B. And just because you're not in your home country doesn't mean you should be misbehaving or going off the radar or whatever <laughs> the case is. But I think this whole concept of having a chip implanted, I do not see how that would fly because one would think part of that could be tracking, that they know well, where, this is it. Know where, where you are constantly. Are. Yeah. Uh, and that, then I'm going for a job interview. You know, I don't want to tell you about that. <laughs> are you? Can you ask me when I've been out of the office for two hours, you know? Yeah, you where have you been? Lunch. You mean to be at lunch at the fishmonger, but we see you were, you know. Yeah, because they wouldn't have to ask you. They'd know. Exactly. Like year, years ago, I worked with a, a particular fellow and he got called into the office one Monday morning and our boss said to him, where were you on Friday? And he said, I was with clients. And he went, interesting. I'd like you to watch this. And it was CCTV, fo- well, not CCTV. It was camera footage from the cricket at the Wanderers. <laughs> and the camera had panned across the, the crowd and there was large as life enjoying the cricket. And luckily, our boss had a sense of humor. And he yeah. just went, listen, next time you want to go, just tell me. Maybe we yeah. can organize. You can take some clients with you. And then yeah. we can turn it into a work thing type of thing. You know, yeah. not, not just vanish with our, and hope you're never going to be seen. Yeah. But also, you know, we talk about, about corporates and what they expect, uh, Monique. Um, I'm, I'm a regular flyer, but I've only flown business class once. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to be embarrassed. So when the attendant came around and said, Mr. Batsoffin, so nice to have you on board. Um, would you like me to show you how your pod works? Because it was a life flat. Uh-huh. And I went, no, been there, done that type of thing. <laughs> it like then, you're an old head. Like I'm an old – it took me 45 minutes to, to figure, figure out what – yeah. And then you try and figure it out very kind of under the radar. Well, this is it because like, I was going up and down, lights were switching <laughs> on and off, and I'm sure the staff were standing in behind going, <laughs> another <laughs> one. He yeah. doesn't want to tell us that, that he can't, that he doesn't know how things work. Yeah. Can, can I put you on the spot yet again and, and sure. ask you for a favorite African destination? Um, I sadly, I have five kind of main countries that I, I currently operate in. So I haven't, you know, traveled every single 54 countries that we have to offer. Um, currently, I would have to say Lagos. Why? Because everybody else runs scared. You mentioned the word Lagos, word Lagos, and they go slum with an airport. But they run scared without having tried it so often. And, you know, for me, it's just, it is crazy, and there's just people everywhere, and it's noisy, and it's madness. But I just love it. I love the people. Um, I've got so many good business colleagues and friends that I've made there over, you know, I don't know how many years. I think 2004 was my first trip to Lagos. Right. Um, and I just, you know what I really love is their whole attitude towards just get get things done. You know, in, in South Africa, we'll have a power failure or our internet will go down or, you know, something will happen and it's like, oh, you know, what are we going to do? We you all know? go to WhatsApp. Has anybody yeah, else lost kind of, power? Like just take a page out of the books of guys that sometimes have to trade in the most ridiculous of challenging environments sometimes, you know, four hours to get to the airport, you know, which in Joburg would be a 30 minute journey. And they make it work. Every day they trade. Every day they make good relationships. Every day they try and make money yeah. and they have a smile on their faces when they're doing it. Yeah, if they want to talk traffic, try going from the, in, the international airport in Lagos to the, to the domestic airport. I challenge anybody to do that in less than an hour and a half. And it's yeah, only like three yeah. kilometers. 
Although, I mean, it's, it's you know, there's been a lot of really good developments within the airport. You get through a lot faster now than you used okay. to. Because I haven't um, been there for a while, I have to say that. that. Yeah, the last two years or so, they had a good big revamp. Um, it's much smoother getting through passport control now is, is 15 minutes. used to be an hour and a half if yeah. you're lucky. Um, so a lot of improvements. It's, it's good. And now you said five countries. Yes. Where, what are the other four? So our key focus countries are Angola, Ghana, Kenya, Nigeria, and our home country, South Africa. Right. Um, and then, as I've mentioned before, Rwanda and Ethiopia are definitely on our list to start looking at getting local chapters in place uh, this year or early next year. Well, um, I, I understand Rwanda because Rwanda, there's gorillas, there's a lot of business there, and it's a beautiful that's tourism, country. David. That's tourism. I know, but there's also business opportunities. I've been yes. to I've been to Kigali. I love yeah. the country. I really yeah. and truly do. Um, but Ethiopia, and I know Ethiopia is on the on the travel on the leisure side. But from a business point of view, from a business point of view, the economy is growing rapidly. Um, we're getting more and more companies really showing an interest in in trying to get in, and it's kind of at that stage where it's kind of getting in just before that big boom is expected mm-hmm. to happen, um, when things are going to be more difficult and more expensive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and then also their national carrier is doing really great things. It's one of the biggest carriers in Africa. It flies more destinations than I believe any other carriers. Also one of the safest. So, yeah, and they're really encouraging and trying to make travel into their country easier. And it's starting to make an impact on people and people are looking and, and, and showing interest. Can, can we spit, spit, I didn't mean to say that. Can we split mm-hmm. business travelers by gender? And how are you finding that? Do you find it's more male-oriented into Africa or are women – and I, I don't mean to sound sexist by, with this at Not all, all. – but are women being seen as equal to or at least able to, to undertake business uh, trips now? Yeah. I think, again, looking at where you're talking about, you know, I think North Africa, definitely it's male-dominated. It's more Middle Eastern than African in its mentality, though. Um, but I think – yeah, I think – there's an increase in female travel into Africa, but I think at the moment it's probably still male-dominated. I think domestically, you know, between Durban and Joburg, Cape Town, it, it's pretty fair and square, evenly split. Yeah. Um, into Africa, possibly still seen as, as more of a, a male requirement, maybe out of fear sometimes, maybe out of, um, you know, culture and thinking that, you know, African men, Nigeria, you know, all those different countries we were talking right. about would prefer to deal with men. Um, but I have seen it growing, and I'm actually, yeah, very happy to see that that's happening. Now, for for people um, who want to find out more about your association, um, how do they do that? Sure, uh, a couple of different ways. I'd say the best one is to go onto our website www.abta.co.za. Um, Again, we're an association for the corporate travel industry. So if you're a corporate travel buyer or a travel management company or an airline or hotel focusing on the corporate travel industry, um, being being with our association will allow you to network, um, come to educational events, all sorts of things like that. Just kind of um, help you keep your finger on the pulse of the industry. Now, when you say corporate, how big does the corporate have to be if if it's just me and one other person? Listen, if you are spending more money on travel than you would like to or you're thinking to yourself wow you know there must be a way to do this better to consolidate better to have one airline we give all our business to instead of five and no one gives us discounts you know if if your travel spend is significant enough for you to want to manage it better then 
you need to come and pop over to some of our events. And are these held on a regular basis? Or is that yeah. or can you find out all about that off the off the um, ABTA website? You can find out all about that on the ABTA website. We've also got various different social media channels. Um, to give an idea, this year we have 21 events happening across the year. I think about 16 of them are happening in South Africa, okay. predominantly Johannesburg. Um, and then the rest in those those regions that I was mentioning. But at least once a month, there's something happening um, for the corporate travel industry. Okay, so come network, interact with people, find out what's going on. And as you say, because okay. nowadays it's all about cost saving at the end of the day, cost yeah. saving and comfort. You know, yeah. you don't want to fly on a cheap airline that, that you have to, like, can we mention them? Yes, Ryanair, um, <laughs> where you have to stand. <laughs> or they were looking at, at having people stand while they were flying. Like a bus. Like a bus. But but the, the air industry, the, the air safety um, got involved and said, you can't do that. So Ryan said, all right, we'll build upright seats that they can strap into. That's like something out of a movie as well. It yeah, is. You know, I think that's, that's for corporates, that's one of their key balancing acts, which is really difficult, is saving money but keeping their travelers safe and productive. And sometimes those are on two completely opposite sides of the fence, those two Well, objects. this is it because you do want uh, Bob, your employee, or, or Susan, your employee, to be happy when they land on the other side, really? not really, really peeved, yeah, and they can't, well they can't do their duty. Them. Exactly. They're away from home. They're away from their families, and now they're uncomfortable and stuck in some dingy room in the back of a hotel where the only beach view you have is if you stand on the wardrobe and use a pair of binoculars. <laughs> exactly. Leaning out yeah. of the window. Yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah, that is just so key. And and one of the funny things, you know, we're saying so many consultants, travel consultants, have never been on an airplane, or your your lady whose favorite city is New York, but she's never been. Um, the same thing for corporate travel managers. You know, if I am a, a, a travel manager within a corporate and I oversee a thousand staff members that are all over the world on any given day, I don't have time to get out of the office. That, that is a full-time, more than a full-time job. Mm. Um, and so for us to kind of try and encourage these people, you do need to get out of the office even for half a day Yeah. Um, and come and see what your peers are dealing with. Come and see if, you know, your obsession maybe this month with implementing a, a technology tool um, is in line with what everybody else is doing because sometimes operating in that bubble behind your desk mm. and behind your computer you know you, you don't get to stay in touch with what's happening in the industry yeah, and, and, so and, and you believe that the business can be done in monsoon seasons and it can't you know just be be, yeah. be aware of those sort of international weather patterns as well yeah. i suppose because it affects it again it affects people when they're when they're away from home yeah, and things like travel during peak times. You know, the amount of people that can't understand why a week before the August they can't get flights and hotels <laughs> yeah. on a, you know, a business conference they've planned in Cape Town. And you're like, guys, oh, this happens every year, you know, at the same time. You like, know, I've never understood that, Monique. I've never understood that. Why? They know it's happening. They know a year in advance. They know two years in advance, basically, because it's yeah. roughly the same time. So don't yeah. schedule. No. And your- like opening a parliament and, you know. Yes, all of the above. So they just cricket games yeah. and just stay they away. Don't think it through. And then I should imagine, well, as you said, you particularly are not a travel agent. But the people you deal with must come back to you with stories. Go, hey, you they can't do. believe. They you do. Can't the believe. people that will throw any amount of money at them to, you know, find a nice hotel room for them and their family because they're going on a brag weekend with their family and suddenly the wife and kids are standing there and there's no room in town. Yeah. Um, and literally when they say we are full up, 
they are full. You know, yeah. you might be lucky to find an Airbnb somewhere. Yeah. Presidential uh, suite at the at the Nelly is not not always an option. Exactly. You know. So yeah, I think um, just learning about those kinds of things, how to plan, how to you know, advanced warning and foreseeing things. Mm. Or the potential of things happening before they happen and it's such a big part of you know doing your job well and will your organization help them with those sort of things if people come to you and say look i'm new to this do you have guidelines do you have a sort of a manual that sure. people can look at and go okay don't book when they're big thing big events on yeah. those type of things yeah, I wouldn't say a manual as such. I think it would be, you know, almost as big as your ticket that you remember from the from the early. 90s. But you've got a web page that has FAQs on We've them. We've got a web page, um, and more than that, you know, I always say if it's not something I know after the amount of years I've been in the industry, I will know who does know the answer. Right. To that. So we're very, very strong on networking and connecting people to the knowledge that they're looking for. Great stuff, Monique. Thank you so much for chatting, and thanks for staying on and 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 being with me for almost the entire you show. You're welcome. You told me that I'd, after 15 minutes I'd be boring. And you've had me going for like almost What can I say? www.abta.co.za. And if you don't know what that is, it stands for Africa Business Travel Association. And my guest for the show today has been the founder of that association, Monique Swat. Monique, thank you so very much for joining us. And uh, you can tell all your clients they can listen to the podcast uh, via either um, the Africa Business Radio or on www.davidbatsoffin.com. It'll be there as well. Thanks so much for joining us. David, thank you. Soji, thank you. It was a great pleasure. Bye for now. Bye. That's uh, Monique Swart, who, was the, who is the founder of Africa Business Travel Association. We're going to an ad break, and when we come back, we'll chat a bit about this and a bit about that. And who knows, we'll take – I see we've got some, some tweets coming in, so we may read a couple of those as well. Don't go away. Business news, business resources, economic analysis, market analysis from expert and industry leaders in African enterprise. Get more for a profitable African venture. Africa Business Radio. Towards a profitable Africa. The South African Institute of Professional Accountants. Making meaningful contributions to the accountancy profession and your career. My name is Shaul Mocker and I'm the CEO of CMV Accountants. Our firm has 45 employees of which the majority are SIPA members. We believe SIPA is the leading professional body that can advance your career in accountancy. Holding the professional accountant essay designation gives me the credibility and confidence I need in servicing outlines. Cyper, your trusted business advisor. Brand new travel show, Explore Africa, midday Central Africa time. The show will take a holistic view of travel on the African continent as well as the Indian Ocean Islands. There will be travel updates, a look at business destinations, interviews and competitions. Cultural travel, a new and growing market, will be covered in depth from Cape to Cairo. David will also be advising on unique destinations that will allow listeners the opportunity to discover hidden gems on our continent. The prosperity of your venture into Africa is our goal. We are committed to the success of every business in Africa. Africa Business Radio. Towards a profitable Africa.
Keba with, and if you'll pardon my French, La Enfant et la Gazelle, which uh, is the child and the antelope, if my schoolboy French um, is, is still working. You're tuned to uh, Explore Africa. My name is David Batsoffen, and the show is called, as I said, Explore Africa. It's brought to you by Africa Business Radio in conjunction with Nomad Africa magazine. And uh, I thought I'd chat to my producer a little bit. So she said he'd join me on air. Yeah. Hello there. Hi. All of a sudden, you you, you have two <laughs> microphones and neither of them are switched on. Rule number one, Soji, when you want to talk to people, switch on your microphone. Okay. <laughs> um, Twitter is Africa Biz Radio. Facebook is Africa Biz Radio. Africa Business Radio, and uh, info at AfricaBusinessRadio.com. I'm back. You're back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just before we 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 wanted to look, we wanted to chat about island travel, but mm. I I just wanted to very briefly um, on the current edition, issue 9 of uh, Nomad Africa magazine they're looking at tourism in Africa yes. and saying is it an untapped gold mine and I think you and I both agreed yes it is and mm. if certain people did their job better it would be even a bigger gold mine yes I mean uh, I mean, look at what uh, World Bank said in their 2016 or 2017 report mm. um, over 1.2 billion people in Africa and a third of those people actually are categorized in the middle class, yeah. meaning that they've got enough disposable income to actually afford a vacation mm. or a holiday. And um, the point is we all know Africans to be hardworking. 
people and uh, are they really going on holiday and if they are going on holiday where are they going to if they are not how do we begin to encourage africans themselves to actually start spending money on, on holidays yeah. in africa not so much you know take their money out and um, according to uh, some of the report from the mauritius tourism council they said that uh, in 2017 alone the number of uh, arrivals they received from South Africa uh, increased by 7%. Wow. That, that, that means more South Africans are actually going to Mauritius <laughs> for holiday. But that's always been a favorite destination. For South Africans. Yes. And for, and, for the, and for the British as well because, because of, of the exchange rate. Hmm. But but as you were saying, and we were you know chatting a moment ago with Monique, um, again say, to, talking there specifically about business travel, but here we're talking leisure travel. Yeah. And and I suppose we're we're lucky in a way. Um, some of the middle class have disposable income, mm. but the costs involved for the vast majority of people are prohibitive. You know, to 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 travel for vast destinations. I know, for instance, in Vietnam, yeah, the the South Vietnamese go to the north, and the North Vietnamese go <laughs> to the south. Uh, it's different types of country, yeah. but that's what they do because they don't necessarily go abroad. Mm. I mean, also, if you if you look at South Africa as a country and and Southern Africa, according to the uh, actually uh, start essay, they also reported that there are more Southern African people actually coming to South Africa mm-hmm. out of the the top five countries, you know, of Africans visiting South Africa, actually from Southern Africa, most especially the Zimbabweans and all of that, and uh, they're not just coming for business; they're also coming for holiday. Yeah. I mean, uh, they also they also come with uh, tourist uh, money to mm-hmm. spend. And um, even if we begin like that to say that let just let me just look at my local region. If you're in West, um, try and tour West Africa. If you're in the East, try and do a lot of you know travel mm. around East Africa. I mean, to begin with, because we understand that uh, in terms of travel uh, restriction uh, for the regional blocks, you've got uh, freedom to actually move around in Southern Africa. I mean, the Southern African passport in West Africa there is ECOWAS passport. So in terms of uh, immigration, you know, struggle and all of that, I think uh, if that is a problem, I think uh, with that, we, we can remove that to say, let's begin, you know, start traveling within our local region uh, so that we begin with that. And, and from there, we'll see if African Union you know, eventually sign the, uh, the free uh, movement mm. agreement, which they said they will sign in March. Uh, I, I just, I just hope, better. yeah, I just hope we don't do end up like EU passports. And now with Brexit, you're going to have to give back your mm. EU passport, and you know, with Britain pulling out, mm. um, because we were saying earlier, the the thing with passports is, do we really need? African passports, we should be able, as part of the of the African uh, Union, Union, to to be able with our passports to go into any of those African Union countries without necessarily needing a visa, or or any of that sort of thing. And there should be, as I, I alluded to earlier, with that um, uh, passport recogni- mm. recognition um, software. That should be there, and then all the information that you need is done and dusted. It's all electronic anyway. You know, um, I mean, um, uh, our dream, everybody in Africa, is actually to have a borderless Africa. 
um, but there's so many, so many things that need to be done. But uh, just uh, what we have seen now is that the political will is there right mm. now to actually make it work. But also in terms of uh, the appropriate le- legislation and policy, even from the country level and also from the region le- regional level, a lot has to be done. I was speaking to an immigration attorney yesterday uh, at their offices uh, somewhere in Rosebank. And uh, it's one of those was one of the things we were talking about to say even um, with regards to uh, African passport, the one African passport that uh, you already launched, mm-hmm. but it just seemed to start issuing it out to more people. Uh, uh, what can we learn from what is happening with Brexit yeah. and EU? What Aye. can we learn from so that we also don't run into the same trouble? Well, this is you it. Know, eventually, it could be fifty years down the line. We're going to end up in the same, same, same uh, but, but, position. But I think yeah. we can learn from their mistake and be able to avoid that you know if i mean even right now because uh, uh we're just starting to actually make that work so we can learn from their mistake and be able to avoid you know uh, making the same mistake that the uh, eu mm. uh, you know made you know with regards to brexit and all of that so let's let's hope so now we were chatting um earlier about booking difficulties the biggest pain point for african travelers pain points i should say yeah 34 percent the flights i want are often unavailable 33% say the prices I am quoted often change before I've made my booking. Mm. And that's a sneaky one. If you're on the internet yeah. and you're trying to book tickets, yeah. I found out there's an algorithm that understands what you're looking at. Mm. And if you g- jump from website to website with closing them down, mm. they pick up on this mm. so that when you come back, you can't get the same price. The object of the exercise is to keep everything open and figure it out that way. I, I don't think you can get the same price because it's obviously cookies. You know, yes. And, you know, some website will, will tell you this website utilizes cookies and all of that. Yeah. Uh, and personally, I think I also have a personal experience. I was trying to book a flight. Uh, was it a flight to the U.S. or a flight to Nigeria? Uh, last year uh, on the SA website by mm-hmm. themselves because I normally uh, book through my uh, uh, travel agency but this time I just thought I mean let me just do this by myself because it was urgent I was supposed to travel uh, in the next 48 hours or 36 hours and uh, I just was going to book my ticket so agency can do it but I just wanted to do it mm-hmm. and uh, I made payment three times and I couldn't even confirm my ticket on SA website. Wow. I eventually, 24 hours um, before my, my trip, I asked to call my agency and say, please book me a ticket. <laughs> so I wasted 12 hours. I paid three times with my credit card on SA website. And it never I mean, went through. It, it, it didn't go through. I mean, the payment was confirmed mm-hmm. and it, it was reversed after five minutes. I did it again. It was reversed after 10 minutes three times. It was very much frustrating. So next time, it's difficult for me to go back to uh, SA uh, website and say I want to book a ticket directly, mm-hmm. even though I still fly SA. I mean, uh, but you, then again, you've also got to be careful. A friend of mine just booked on an international flight mm-hmm. on what she thought was a travel website, paid everything, and the money was gone. T- turns out, money's gone, and it's not. A, it's it it's under sort of let's say. Fly European skies. I'm just wow. using a name, you know, <laughs> dot com. Yeah. And it, the website gives you the impression that it's a travel agency, mm. and it's not. Now mm. the money's gone and she doesn't have a ticket. Um, I, when, when it comes to booking your flight ticket, actually, you have to be very careful. Yeah. I mean, personally, from personal experience, especially when I'm going far, I mean, 
going to Europe or going to the U.S., I always love to book with my agency mm. because if I have an emergency and I need to just do some play with the ticket in terms of the schedule and all of and that, they can deal with ah, it. Just a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> it well, makes my life easy. Yeah. Um, the the other thing uh, they say is twenty percent of people say the websites that they use to book often crash, yes. and specifically if they're running specials, we all know this. Mm. You know the the one rand flight, and then you can never get on the website. Mm. Um, and then twenty two percent say the websites I use to book travel are often confusing, and sometimes they are because they you know you've got to click here and click there, and mm. if you haven't clicked there, when you try and click there, then it doesn't. And as you found out, it'll take money from your credit card, mm. and then it won't confirm. And all of a sudden, you want to hurl. If if you live on the top floor of a block of flats, I should imagine that computers are going to be flying through windows, yeah, yeah. Um, and all of those sort of things. So mm. sometimes it it just is. Um, a tad, a tad annoying mm. when when it comes to I, those I, I sort think, of things. I think that's one of the things that's still keeping uh, travel agency in business, even though they still got a, a lot of other things that they are doing. But I think uh, the fact that uh, 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 most time people run into trouble trying to book that themselves online mm-hmm. and eventually had to go back to the agency. It's one of the things that's keeping the, uh, 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 agencies, you know, in business. But I think also we've seen a lot of improvement on that. Uh, I can tell you. Um, also, I booked, you know, by myself online several times, but not directly on the airline's website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so so I'm just saying that we've seen a lot of improvement on that as well. Uh, I mean, it's about technology and we're getting better in, even in Africa. Yeah. So in terms of travel website, booking uh, your hotel, I mean, we've got uh, a lot of hotel booking uh, website right now. I mean, um, to give some of them a uh, free heart, Travago is, beca- is going crazy. <laughs> 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 Travago has gone mad, actually, yeah. and hotels, NG in Nigeria. Yeah. And a whole lot, actually. Yeah. So they're getting better, you know, privately run uh, platforms. But the, b- the bottom line is buyer beware. Yeah. J- just make sure that what you pay, what what you're paying for is what you're going to get. get. Now, yeah. you were talking about the African Union passport, and they yes. were saying in 2018, African citizens are eligible to receive the African Union Pan-African passport, eliminating the need to obtain visas for travel within the continent. And would you believe that this would result in 25%, 24% more spend on air travel? Yes, that would be more spend on air travel. So if we'll be spending billion, okay, let's say we'll be spending, uh, uh, let's say $12 billion. Yeah, it's on air it's travel. 12 will jump that, to 15. That, yes, I mean, yeah. 15 or 16, yeah. you know, uh, annually. And eventually it's going to increase. Like I said, you've got one third of over 1.2 billion people. That means we should have up to about uh, 400 million people mm. actually traveling. And according to the data in 20, uh, 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 the data uh, uh, in terms of arrivals in, in Africa in 2016, about 58 million arrivals, you know, uh, and it's expected to grow to about 110 million. That's a lot of people. Um, that should be more, actually. There's yeah. capacity for more, that like times three of these, or even times four of these. Yeah. So, and, um, I mean, like we said, uh, AU, they've got some schedule in, uh, in Kigali coming March. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, we're expecting that the, the free uh, trade and free movement agreement will be signed. And like you said, this uh, African Union passport will eventually be open to African uh, Union I look into that because I intend doing a lot of African yeah. travel, so it may be nice to have one of those. Um, okay, quiz time. <laughs> do I have to do this? Yes, you've got to do this. Okay, four countries, each 
Don't tell me that's rain. Yeah, it's rain. We're sitting in the studio here in Johannesburg. All of a sudden, I hear thunder. Yeah. Um, we need this rain in Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> no, go down the road. Go down the road. Okay, so four countries. Yes. And I want at least one destination from each country okay. where, they, where that particular country goes to visit. Yeah. Okay, so I'll give you one for nothing. Okay. Okay, so Egypt, their top travel destination yeah. is Morocco. Hmm. All right? Don't look at it on there. <laughs> I'm cheating. <laughs> he's cheating, people. He's got his laptop and he's got it open on his laptop. I'm going to close okay, it. Okay. Um, South Africa, their top travel destination. I think South Africans are going to Mauritius and uh, currently they're also beginning to look into North Africa. You're quite right. Yeah. Um, they Here they go. Egypt one, Mauritius two. Mm. Um, Kenya. Kenya, of course, East Africa and South Africa actually is on top of the agenda for South Kenyans. South Africa is on yeah, top of the agenda. Yeah, for, for Kenyans. Actually, and, I've seen that. Uh, and second, them, just as a matter of interest? Uh, second, of course, nah, Nigeria. They're also going to Nigeria they now. They go to Nigeria? Because, I mean, I actually have a lot of East African friends right now that mm. go to Lagos and they don't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> They also go to the Seychelles, interestingly. Oh, enough. really? Yeah. I would have thought that Kenya would have just gone to Zanzibar. I mean, it's, yeah. it's an island and it's Tanzania. just Tanzania. It's yeah. just right there. Um, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't have a, a, a movement problem in no, terms of visas. not at all. Mm. And then Nigeria. Where is the top destination for Nigerians? Mm, it's, it's hard to say. I think uh, Nigerians, are, um, uh, um, Nigerians are looking into East Africa right now. I, I think... Uh, Folks, the man knows his stuff. I've got to yeah, give him that. Na- I may not be here next la- week. <laughs> last year, many of them are looking into Rwanda and Kenya. And uh, obviously... Uh, you want to phone a friend? They're still, <laughs> <laughs> they're still coming to South Africa. They're coming to South yeah. Africa. They're going to Botswana. Botswana they're going yeah. to Algeria, funnily enough. Hmm, not. And their top destination, Benin. Benin? Yeah. Who would have thought that? Yes. It's mostly for business purposes. Yeah. Uh, because okay, so so Benin literally from Lagos you can drive to Benin uh, like four hours, okay. you know, five hours, even less to. I mean, so it's many people go buy stuff, okay. go sell stuff, and come back. So it's, like, it's like the Mozambicans yeah, come to like, yeah. go to Nelspread, buy Nelspread. Even, even Mozambique is, is far. Yeah, you know. Okay. It's, I mean, Benin is just, just right here. Right the, the border. And then I I gave you Morocco as the yeah. top Egyptian destination, but. Where are they? Where else do they go? So North Africans actually um, they only go around North Africa mm-hmm. and, and 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 UAE, but they've started coming to South Africa right now. You're I've actually right. seen quite a lot of them. I've spoken to a whole lot. Right. Uh, we meet in conferences and they even come for 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 tourism right now. But yeah. they're still coming to South Africa, not into the rest of South Africa. South Africa, yet. Algeria, and Tunisia. Yeah, they still their neighbors yeah. in the north. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going anywhere outside yeah. of the country um so there we go uh very interesting thanks for that i'm 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 quite chuffed that you knew all that and i know that i closed your laptop so that you couldn't do that (laughs) then what what do people spend money on well overall in the overall people will spend money on the following things when they travel between countries Mm. wi-fi Yes, they they want in-flight Wi-Fi, yes. and we're talking now on travel. Even at the airport, even at the airport, I've never understood this. You know, you sit in Kigali. Yeah. In in fact, not where was was it Kigali? I'm just trying to think, Arusha maybe. 
I mean, a tiny little airport. Yeah. You've got free Wi-Fi as yeah. long as you're there. You go to our ORT, yeah. 30 minutes if you're lucky on always off. Yeah. Because you can never log on. Actually, ORT is bad when it comes to wi- it's Wi-Fi. It's terrifyingly and bad. And looking at other airports, I mean, from my personal experience, it becomes... One of the one of the aviation rules right now, because uh, for especially for travelers that are transiting to to, yeah. uh, to another country to another destination, I you want probably an hour, thirty minutes yeah. to actually update yourself in terms of speaking to the people you're going to meet. Correct. Another yeah, so it's mostly for communication yeah. purposes. Even in Dubai, you get I mean Wi-Fi with no limited exactly. uh, uh, number of but number that's of what hours. It sh- that's what it should be. You know, I don't mm-hmm. mind. If if a cup of coffee instead of costing one rand costs yeah. two rand and I get, I can get unlimited Wi Fi, f- nobody's even going right. to question I, it. I think every, every traveler will want that. Yeah, because for sure. You don't want to be out of reach I mean, for for the uh, for the entire duration of the journey. Interestingly enough, although overall Wi Fi is the top and it's the top yeah. in Kenya, South Africa, and Egypt, Nigeria. Food is number one from there. <laughs> In-flight Wi-Fi doesn't even doesn't even oh feature. My God. They want That's quite they want surprising. fast track security. They want travel insurance, and they want yeah. pre- preferred seating with extra legroom. Wi-Fi is oh not God. even on their oh radar. <laughs> That's quite surprising. It's almost time to say yeah. goodbye. Yeah. My goodness yeah. me, how quickly an hour yeah. and a half has gone. Minutes. 90 minutes vanishes in just a heartbeat. For those of you who'd like to tweet us, you can do so on Africa at Africa Biz Radio or at David Batsoffin. Facebook, Africa Business Radio or David Batsoffin. Email is info at com, And you can also look up the Nomad Africa magazine um, on Facebook and you can follow us there. The show is available on my blog, which is www.davidbatsoffin.com. Com and it will be there as a podcast for you to listen to at your leisure. My thanks to uh, my guest, Monique Swart, who is the founder of Africa Business Travel Association, for staying with us. Soji, thanks for you to you for joining in and for doing so well in that competition. Um, I think uh, we'll give you one of these because this is a cheap show and we don't have any prizes. Um, But anyway, thank you very much. And especially to you, those of you who have tuned in and who have listened and those of you who tweeted us, thank you very much. We will take your tweets um, under... Um, into account when we plan further shows. And if you have any guests that you think might work for us, drop us a, an email, info at com. From yours truly, David Batsoff. And until next Tuesday at the same time, stay safe and enjoy your travels. Bye for now. Brand new travel show, Explore Africa, midday Central Africa time. The show will take a holistic view of travel on the African continent as well as the Indian Ocean Islands. There will be travel updates, a look at business destinations, interviews and competitions. Cultural travel, a new and growing market, will be covered in depth from Cape to Cairo. David will also be advising on unique destinations that will allow listeners the opportunity to discover hidden gems on our continent. the Sub-African Institute of Professional Accountants, making meaningful contributions to the accountancy profession and your career. Hi, I'm Bonus Omar a senior lecturer in accounting at the University of Johannesburg. Joining a professional body like SIPA suggests that one is conscious about who they are, their choice of working environment, and the experiences they want to have. I encourage my students to obtain the SIPA Professional Accountant SA designation. Professional Accountant SA. The accounting designation of choice.
Unique insight into doing business in Africa. Investment opportunity. Industry updates. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa.